Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Okay, okay, okay. We're working on it. So um, I woke up this morning and I forgot that um, we had to spring forward. So you know how sometimes you hit the snooze button and you just kind of sleep for five more minutes? I slept for a little longer than that. And then I woke up frantic. And I ran and I grabbed the first thing I saw in the dark, thank God it matches. And my wife Sandy was asleep, so she wasn't going to tell me, hey, that doesn't match, go back and change. But I thought it would be a lot of fun if anybody that walks in during the sermon, if, if I could just go, thank you so much for being at Local City Church. You have been great. You are dismissed. Wouldn't that be fun? If we did that for anybody that just walks in right now, I'm just kidding. Although I really want to, but I'm just kidding. I just want to thank Pastor Ryan. Give it up for Pastor Ryan. <laughs> Pastor Adrian. When I tell you that they have a heart for you, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not blowing smoke. They have a heart for you. I meet with Ryan from time to time. And you can hear his heart. He truly loves you. He truly loves this city. And he truly loves God. So I want to thank him for the opportunity to share with you. You know, um, this week I was in the car. And anybody know where, um, let's see, where 60 and the veterans and 275 merged together? Anybody know where that is? It's the second malfunction junction that we have here in Tampa. And as I'm going through the road, there's this guy behind me. And um, he's just on the back of my car, on my behind. And I was starting to get annoyed. So before we crossed that malfunction junction, we stopped at a red light. And he felt compelled because apparently he was in a rush, I don't know. Um, but he felt compelled to show me the way to heaven by pointing up. And I felt compelled to give him the I love you sign, right? And I said, well, that's the Christian thing to do, I love you. But then something happened, and I don't know what it was. Like this, this, this uh, divine possession came over me that I started driving with my brake. And going even slower than I had to. Uh, don't recommend that. So I almost missed my exit because I was trying to prove a point. Got off. As I got off, I felt the Spirit of God say, yeah, that goes real well with the I love you sign, doesn't it? And I realized, this is something really, you know, it's, it's minute. But I realized that there's still stuff in me. There's still a lot of things in me. And as I was putting this message together, I realized that this message was for me. 
sat there, I put it together, I did my research, and I did the best I could through the tears that were falling from my eyes. So when I share this with you today, I want you to know that if nobody else can relate, it's all good. I need to hear it again. I want to talk to you today about forgiveness. Anybody ever had any trouble forgiving? Good. You're all saints. You know, through my whole entire life, I've had issues with forgiving. And the problem is that I grew up in church, right? And I was taught that forgiveness was this unintellectual, ignoring how you feel and what's happening to forgive and forget. If you can't forget, then you never really forgave. I had issues with that. I couldn't do it. I could not forgive and completely forget. So I decided to look in Webster's Dictionary, or I don't know what the new dictionary is, but this one's online, so I don't know if it's Webster anymore. But the action of forgiving or being forgiven, letting go, did you hear that? Letting go of past grudges or lingering anger against a person or persons to grant pardon for the remission of an offense or a debt, etc., etc., to absolve someone. That's what it says. This is the dictionary. This is secular. And then, and then the Bible talks about forgiveness. Now, here's the interesting thing, because a lot of times I've heard this. I've heard this taught. I've heard this said. I've heard this spoken. And by the way, when you see the screen, I'm not real good of telling you, hey, in your notes, you, you see the underline, right? You guys are smart. You can handle that. So just fill in the blanks. But the Bible says, and this is what I've learned, the Bible does not necessarily say forgiveness is forgetting. Because if you forgive and forget, you cannot go through the process of forgiveness. You can't. And so therefore, if you can't go through the process of forgiveness, you can't forgive. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay. Just let me know that we're good. Because I can't see you. The lights are like blind. You know that song, Blinded But No, you don't know that song. You're all too young. You're all too young for that. But it says forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Rather, forgiveness means letting go of the pain in the incident that is causing you that pain. We forgive to give ourselves peace of mind and in the hopes that one day, should we offend someone else, they would afford the same thing to us. And it's interesting because the Bible is full of stories of forgiveness. And what's the most famous one? The most famous one is Christ. And we're entering Easter. You're going to hear all kinds of sermons and verses. You're going to hear him from the cross say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What I want to share with you today is going to be a little bit different. 
I want to challenge you. Am I getting too close to the edge? My wife's getting nervous. She, she doesn't like it when I get, because cause if I fall, I'm, y'all going to have to pray for me and then call 911. What I have found is that forgiveness is so much deeper. Religion, remember I said religion, not relationship. Religion, not the word. Religion will tell you that it is unholy to not to, 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 to forgive, but not forget. Like when you forgive, you have to act like nothing ever happened. And that is not what I find in the Word of God. That is not what I find God doing as well. It's funny. That, oh, well, God forgives you and he forgets. That's absurd. That's insane. How could God forget? Because if he could forget, then he wouldn't be God. You know what he does? Is he chooses not to bring it against you. He doesn't forget. God's not some senile old man floating on a cloud with a beard and a little chihuahua. That's not who God is. God is infinitely wise. And he knows exactly what he's doing. So today I want to challenge you. There's a story in the Bible. This guy named Joe. Anybody ever heard of Joe? Joe in the Bible? No? You, you might know him as Joseph. Joseph and his 12 brothers, Jacob's son. Yeah? No? Come on, guys. Help me out here. I'm struggling. Okay. So Joe, you know, you know the story. He, that's how the book of Genesis ends. Joe kind of has this dream, and he tells his brothers and his dad, Jacob, you know, Jake gives him a nice little coat of many colors, and he favors him, and he loves him, and his brothers get jealous, and they're like, what do you mean we're going to be serving you? You're nuts, man. You better lay off that crack. Anyway, so they take him out into, the, into town, and they, uh, as they're taking him out, they were going to kill him. But they chickened out. They got scarred. They did not want to deal with, de- with killing him. So they dug a ditch, threw him in the ditch, right? And then they said, well, you know, uh, animals will, will tell our dad animals will kill him. Then they decided, no, because then if he gets out and he shows up and then we're all messed up, so why don't we just sell him? So they sold him to slavery. You guys know the story, right? You know the story. He, he gets sold into slavery. He goes into Potiphar's house. He has a revelation. He goes up, and then Potiphar's wife says, hey, this guy tried to abuse me because he wouldn't give her any play. So she got mad, and she started calling him out, and the husband, Potiphar, says, oh, throws him back in jail, and then he does a he, does, he gets revelation for, for the guy running the whole, the governor running the whole Egypt. And then after that, right, after that, he brings in revelation, and then he becomes second in command. And so this is where I want to pick up the story. Genesis chapter uh, 45, and since I'm blind, I'm going to take out my notes and read from here because I can't see that. 45, 4 through 8, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. Now, at this point, they didn't recognize his brother. They thought his brother was dead, like he was done, like there was no more Joseph. Even, even Jake, his dad, said, you know what? I lost my son. And so his favorite became Benjamin, right? Little Benjamin, the youngest. And so he says, come close, because he wanted to see them. He didn't know who they were. They didn't know who he was. And so when they had done so, he said, this is what he reveals it. He goes, guys. It's me, your brother Joe. You remember the guy that you tried to kill 
and that you sold off to slavery and you wrote me off as dead. Surprise! Could you imagine what happened when his brothers said, what? 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 You who? Uh-oh. We're we going down. It's over. Then he says, the one that you sold into Egypt. And now, now this is what he says to them. <laughs> I, I couldn't do this. I'm telling you right now, I would have so much fun. I would have made him suffer. I'd have done so many things. And he did a little bit of that. If you, if you know the story, he did a little bit of that before he got to this point. He kind of said, hey, yo, I'm keeping your little brother. Go bring me your dad and this whole thing. He, he played a little bit. You know, I, I would have done a lot worse, but, but, but that's why I'm not in the Bible. Um, and so he says, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, okay, I won't move. Can I, do I, can I move or no? This way? All right. So, for two years now, there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will not be plowing or reaping, but God sent me here ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it was not you, well, I don't think I could have said this either, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now, when, when, when we first read this, we go, man, that Joe is like, he's the man. He is the man. He did this whole thing, and he forgave them, and he forgot what they did and brought them in. Look at all this, what he did. Um, no, no, that's not what happened. You know, he processed this. He went through a process. He decided to be thoughtful about what he was about to do. He struggled with emotions. He struggled with the idea of being wronged and revenge. Anybody ever thought about getting revenge on somebody? Once again, there's only one person in here with me that's not holy, and the rest of y'all are saints. Good deal, good deal, good deal. Like I said, I was going to preach to myself, so I'll do that. But he had to struggle and wrestle with all those things. And unless he went through that process, he would not have been able to forgive them. Here's what happens when we forgive and forget. We remember. And every time you remember, the feelings, the hurt, the pain, the anger is stronger. It's worse. And the more time passes that we try to forget, the worse the situation becomes. Because forgiveness is not forgetting. And this is where we have trouble. We've been taught. You got to forgive and forget. I remember when I was, well, I don't remember that far back, but somewhere in, in middle school, somebody, one teacher said, I, I don't remember what it was, but I know we, I got into a fight, shocker, 
Um, and then uh, they, the teacher said, hey, you guys got to come together. You got to forgive each other. And then you got to forget. And I was like, I got a black eye. I ain't forgetting. How am I going to forget? So anyway, there are three types of forgiveness that I want to share with you. And then I want to share with you the process of forgiveness. Are you up for that? You sure? I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you right now up front, this might sting a little. So if you don't like to get stung, well, just stay there. You'll, you'll, you'll survive. All right. So there's three types of forgiveness. The first one, and see, I see the underline, so in your notes, I can't do like Ryan. Ryan is so good at this. He's just, Pastor Ryan just kind of, he flows and he just gets it done. I, I got a lot to learn. So anyway, so for the first type of forgiveness is exoneration. You guys know what exoneration? If you watch Law and Order or any of those law shows, you'll hear that term a lot, right? Um, and so exoneration, here's what the deal is. Exoneration is the closest thing that we believe forgiveness is. When we, when we think of forgiveness, we usually think of exoneration, right? And it, it, when, when we talk about exoneration, we're talking about um, exonerating is wiping the state entirely clean and restoring the relationship. How many of you have forgiven and automatically it's hugs and kisses right after that? The only, the only person that I do that with is my wife. Because if I started hugging and kissing on some of y'all, it ain't going to work out. Right? But how many people who have been wrong, something serious, something traumatic, something life-changing that's affected you deeply, and you say, well, I'm going to forgive you. Come here, let me give you a hug and a kiss. Doesn't usually work that way, right? But that's kind of the idea of what we think forgiveness is. And there are three common situations where exoneration is applied, right? If you've watched any of these shows. The first one, it, it takes place when you realize that the harmful action was a genuine accident, right? So if, it was an, if you think, hey man, this person did something to me or this happened, it was an accident, that qualifies in a court of law for some type of exoneration. The second is uh, when the offender is a child, right? So I was at a soccer game with my grandson, and we were having a great time. And then he said, by the way, it was the worst officiated game of the Rowdies I've ever seen. It was terrible, terrible. They ended up on 1-1 tie. They should have won 3-1, but that's another story. That's another sermon. But he started chanting. Can I say this from stage? Would you forgive me? He said, the refs suck. The refs suck. The refs suck. And I was like, Liam, you can't say the refs suck. Just say the refs stink. It's okay. We can say that. Don't say they suck. So I was kind of bothered by it because I told him not to do it, and then he did it again. And then I realized he's nine years old, and he's following what everybody else who is under the influence of alcohol, what they're doing. So that's a, a case for exoneration. And then there is the third situation, 
When a person who is hurt, who, or who has hurt you, is truly sorry. Anybody married in here? I know everybody doesn't want to admit it, but there's more people married in here than didn't raise their hands. I know that. I know. I know. Because there's a lot of babies in here. I know y'all. I know y'all married. I've seen rings on your finger. I know how y'all how y'all do. Okay. So if you're married, right, or if you have a boyfriend or a brother or a sister or a best friend or whatever it is, and they're truly sorry for what they've done, isn't it much easier to forgive them, right? So that's also part of exoneration. The, um, the next one is forbearance, okay? So forbearance is a little bit different because forbearance is kind of one of those things where, like, Here's how it sounds. I'm really sorry for crashing your car and totaling it, but you really shouldn't have gave me the keys anyway. That's forbearance. Where you ask for forgiveness, but you kind of imply and assume that somebody else kind of was the reason for what you did. Anybody married in here? Never mind. I'm not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And the third one is release. And this one, it's interesting because release is really releasing yourself of the bad feelings with the hurt that happens. And this is probably the hardest one because in order to release, you've got to go through a process. And it isn't until you release that you can be restored. And it isn't until you're restored that you can be renewed. And it isn't until you're renewed that you can repurpose yourself. Did you hear what I'm saying? Okay. So are you ready to go through this process? Seven. Let's do this. We got about a few minutes left. I hope you're taking notes because you're going to need this later if you decide to do this process. And this isn't really like religiously traditional. These are, the, these are the steps that I've gone through to help deal with my unforgiveness, with the things that I have faced and the challenges that I have faced. The first one is acknowledge who hurt you and why did they do it. See, this is the problem, is that we acknowledge and we don't process. That person hurt me, therefore... They must pay. That person hurt me. They don't even know who they're dealing with right now. That person hurt me. Oh, wait till I get a hold of them. That person hurt me. They're going to know who Joe is. They're not going to forget either. That person hurt me. They're out. They're done. Tap out. You out of my life. I don't even know who you are. You're dead to me. So, a lot of times we don't acknowledge. You have to understand that if somebody hurts you, you got to acknowledge you've been hurt. We ignore that a lot of times because forgiveness is forgetting. At least that's what they tell us. But you can't forgive somebody if you don't understand why you're forgiving them. You can't forgive somebody if you've not felt the pain and the hurt. Because it's all part of the why. It's all part of how it's affected you. 
So the first step to forgive is to acknowledge that you've been offended. Oh, and you hear lots of messages about offense, right? Oh, well, nobody can offend you unless you allow it to, and all that other good stuff. Let me tell you something. You human. Are you human? We got, we got human beings in here? Okay, most of you. The rest of you, I'm not really sure. I don't know that we've cloned people yet, but maybe. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? You clone and you send your clone to church and you can sleep at home? No, that's not cool, people. Trust me, it's not cool. Anyway, so, so you have to do this. You have to realize, understand, process, allow yourself to feel the pain. I'm not getting a lot of amens today, but that's all right. That's all right. You have to allow yourself to feel the pain in order to get through the pain in order to get over the pain. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, a lot of times they tell you, well, when you come to Christ, everything is roses. But before you get to the flower, you got to go through the thorns. People think that by becoming a Christian, everything goes away. And it doesn't. It becomes more intensified. When you give your heart to Christ, your hurt becomes amplified. Do you know why? Because God wants to put you in a position to feel and deal with what you're feeling and what you're going through. Why? So that he can free you from that. Here's the problem. When you keep stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it, you ever did that to a garbage can? Anybody ever watch a garbage can explode? I have several times, more than I'd like to admit. When you stuff and stuff and stuff, one day, that's going to blow. And it's going to be everywhere. You hear me? You feel me? So acknowledge. Number two, consider. How has this pain changed you? How has it affected you? What's different in my life? What can I do? What can't I do because of this hurt, because of this pain, because of this offense? What has it stopped me? How has it changed me? I can't go to that place because I had a girlfriend and we broke up and that was our spot. So I'm never going to go there again. I'm going to tell you right now, if it was me and I like the place, I'm going. I'm going. But what if you see her? I'm still going. you got to consider what has this stopped me from doing? What have I become a slave to? How have I relinquished control to this person that probably doesn't even know that they've affected me in this way? I'm a slave now to that situation, to that hurt, to that pain. The next one is accept. You got to accept your anger toward the person. If you don't, you're going to have trouble 
forgiving. Now, here's the thing. Accepting the anger doesn't really redeem the person. Right? Oh, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm angry at you. You know, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to let it flow through me so that it can get out of me. But it doesn't really redeem the person. What it does do, it starts to bring you to a point of letting go and releasing. If you don't feel what you feel, if you don't allow yourself, see, this is the thing. The thing is this. As a Christian, they tell you, oh, you can't be angry. That's a sin. Oh, you can't feel angry against your brother or sister. That's a sin. Oh, you can't remain angry. That's a sin. And I get it. It, it, Anger, not holy anger, like when Jesus came and ripped up and flipped the tables and all that stuff. That's a little different, right? And yes, anger is a sin. But you know what else is a sin? Unforgiveness. And you know what else is a sin? Being a slave to that anger. And if you don't deal with that anger, if you don't let yourself feel, I'm not talking about let yourself feel, go back in your house, load up your shotgun, and then go take care of business. That's not what I'm talking about at all. For those of you who have automatic weapons in your house. It's not what I'm talking about. When you feel, it's just you. Maybe somebody you trust, but mostly you. You let it flow. You let yourself feel that. It's healthy, people. This is the steps to unforgiveness. Trust me, believe me when I tell you this, because I've gone through it so many times. Next one. Determine. This is a big one. You have to sit down and decide whether you're going to forgive or not. That's the process of unforgiveness. If you don't decide that you want to forgive and you say, well, this is the thing that's got to be done because that's what everybody says, so I'm going to do it. You haven't forgiven. You haven't forgiven. You've just done something that everybody says you should do. But there's no unforgiveness. I mean, there's no forgiveness with that. The only way that a forgiveness can happen is if you decide, you determine the previous four steps, you've gone through them, and then in your mind you say, you know what? I am. The power is back in my hands. I am going to forgive. I'm no longer letting this situation or this person or persons have control over any aspect of my life, and so therefore, I'm choosing to forgive them. you got to determine that. If you do not determine that, and you just go through the motions, and you just go through the steps, you have not forgiven. Trust me, sooner or later, it's coming all back up. And you're still a slave to the pain, to the hurt, to the limitations. How many people like to be controlled by other people? Yeah, nobody, right? It's like this one. Oh, I woke up. Let me see. Now, no, I'm not raising my hand for that. Okay. Nobody likes to be controlled by other people, but yet almost everyone is controlled by someone else. And most of the time, they don't really 
have a big role in your life. Do you know why they control you? Because of unforgiveness. I ain't going down that street because my ex-best friend lives over there. I don't even want to see them. But why? So for the rest of your life, you're not going to go down that street. For the rest of your life, you're not going to go on vacation over here. For the rest of your life, you're not going to show up at that restaurant. For the rest of your life, you're not going to go hang out with your friends when that person is there. I would say that that's slavery. I would say that you're under control by somebody who you really don't want to have control over you. And a lot of people think, the way I'm going to fix this is I'm going to go up to that person and I'm going to let them know what for. I'm going to read them. That's not how you release yourself. That's how you fuel your anger. You have to decide. You have to determine after processing that that's what you're going to do. When it comes from you, it releases you and it frees you. Next, number five, repair. This is one that once you determine that you're going to forgive, the next step is you try to repair the relationship. And here's what I want you to understand. This is a nice to do, but not a necessary to do. Oh my gosh, what is that man saying from the stage? Sweet Lord Jesus, that's blasphemy. You make the step to repair. Once you've done that, the ball is in their court. What if they say, nah, I ain't forgiving you, man. You a jerk. What happens? Does that mean you're not forgiven? Does that mean you can't forgive? You know what it means? It means now they're the slave. I forgave you. I tried to fix it. I'm done. Released. See ya. Does that make sense? Okay. Makes sense. Somebody's awake. We're good. Don't worry, you're going to get your hour back. After we're done, you can go take a nap, you can go sleep, whatever it is you want to do. Next one. We're almost coming to a close here. Number six. Number six is learn. Here's, here's, this is really important. You have to sit down, process, decide, determine. And once you determine you're going to forgive somebody, you've got to decide what forgiveness means to you. Not what they tell you it means. Well, if I was you, I'd forgive them, and this is what I would do, and blah, blah, blah. You know, sometimes it's nice to listen to your friends, but other times it's time. It's time like, talk to the hand, the face don't understand, and the ears stop listening. Go. You have to learn what forgiveness means to you. You can't forgive somebody under somebody else's guise of what they think forgiveness is. In order for you to forgive, in order for you to decide, you have to learn within you what forgiveness means. How many people know what forgiveness means? Never mind, I don't want to. You're not going to raise your hands anyway. Number seven, last one. Forgiveness. Forgive. Here's what I want you to know about forgive. 
what will matter when you forgive is that you have found a way to let go and move on. I'm going to say it again because that is so good. And even if you don't say amen, I'm still going to say it again. I hope I haunt you in your dreams when you hear me say this. What matters most about forgiveness is that you're able to let go and move on. Forgiveness does not require two people. Forgiveness is a solo act. <laughs> There's a person that I love very, very much. All right, I don't want to get emotional. Let me figure out how to say this. But that person has gone on to be with the Lord. And I never got the chance to reconcile our relationship. Not the way I thought it should be. Never got a chance to talk about the hurt that we may have caused each other. I never got a chance to bring closure. But here's what I've realized. Forgiveness is what I choose to do. Forgiveness is a solo act. Forgiveness is my freedom. Me giving me permission to be released of the influence of that pain and hurt. I will no longer, I refuse, I will not squander my life, I will not limit myself, I will not live under bondage to any hurt or any pain that anyone has caused me. Because I am going to forgive them and release them and release me from that pain and that hurt and the control that it has over me. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Forgiveness is freedom. Do you hear me? Forgiveness is freedom. And, and this is the beautiful thing about forgiveness, right? Forgiveness really, hear what I'm going to tell you right now. This is, this is like when, when I process this and I think about it and I apply it to myself, it, it just changes the game. It changes the game. Forgiveness is the ability for you to forgive yourself for allowing somebody or something else to limit, stifle, rob, Get you stuck in the pain, in the perception, in the pride that comes with unforgiveness and offense. You see, here's the biggest thing about forgiveness. You can forgive somebody, but here's the part we don't do, is we don't forgive ourselves because I held the grudge for that long. I know I'm a Christian, but I can't stand my cousin. Oh, he's such a jerk. And that's the PG version. I just can't stand him. 
And then he comes or she comes and she brings you something you love and you kind of fix the relationship. All right, I forgive you. But here's the part you don't do. You don't process and say, well, I forgive me for not forgiving them. And then there's just still a little part lingering inside. There's still a little part in there going, all right, I'm going to get you. We're going to build up. We're going to cause all this unconscious emotional distress. Here's the other thing I know about when we can't forgive ourselves. When you can't forgive yourself, you can't receive the forgiveness of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not that God can't forgive you. God will forgive you. You got that. God's forgiven everyone. You know, remember that guy Jesus we're about to celebrate in a couple weeks? Well, Jesus went to the cross and he forgave us all. But what's the difference between somebody who is one of his one of his own that has freedom from forgiveness and somebody who is still a child of God and has been forgiven but lives differently. Here's what it is. A lot of times we know God's forgiven us but we just can't receive it. We still live in that unforgiveness instead of the freedom that Christ brings. You know why? Because you can't forgive yourself. It's hard to forgive yourself. Oh man, I remember 20 years ago when I did that. It was horrible. I can't believe I did something like that. Lord, forgive me. 20 years later, we're still asking God for forgiveness. Do you know why we're asking God for forgiveness? Because you haven't forgiven yourself. You haven't released yourself. You haven't given yourself permission to move on from that. Because God already did. Forgiveness, and this is a perception that we have, and it's, it's, it's preached, and, and I, I shiver every time I hear somebody say this from a, from a teaching or an authority or an influential standpoint. Well, God has given us forgiveness, and we're forgiven, and so we could do whatever we want because God's forgiven us. Forgiveness is not the freedom to do everything you want. Forgiveness is the freedom from everything you've done. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? It is the freedom from everything you've done. Look at your life. Look past. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's stopping you from moving forward? What is it that's stopping you from entering into the fullness that God has for you. I close with this, God's forgiveness. How many people have received God's forgiveness? Here's the funny thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't get you into heaven. Oh, here he goes again, blasphemy. The, the word says that he who has the Son has the everything. The word says in Romans 
that he who believes in the Son has salvation, and he who does not is condemned. There was a guy next to Jesus on the cross, and he did not say, Father, or Jesus, or G, or G money, yo, forgive me. You know what he said? He said, yo, remember me. Remember me. Do you know why? Because salvation comes through Jesus. Forgiveness is the benefit. Here's what I want to say about that. I close with this. Here's the deal. When you receive Jesus, you receive forgiveness. He died for your past sins, for your present sins, and for your future sins. It's not like he has to go die again so you can be forgiven again. He's released you. go take advantage of it and start living that life because when you're living in iniquity when you're living in sin that's a whole different thing that's offensive so I want to ask you today if you're here and you said I want to be forgiven that's great I love that but I want to ask you have you received Christ have you actually said the words I receive Christ Christ. I believe in the Son of God. I believe that He went to the cross and He freed me from what I was expected to face. All heads bowed, eyes closed. This is about you and Him. If you're here and you've never done that, could you help me out? Just right where you are, raise your hand. Anybody? Today I want to receive Christ. Here's what I want to say to you. This is a safe space. We could do that here. But if you can't do it here, and you say, I'll do it later, I'll do it at my house, I'll do it at wherever, in the car or whatever. If you can't do it here where everybody's for you, don't expect to do it somewhere else where nobody's for you. So one more time. Are you here? you raise your hand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Can we just pray together for the sake of those hands that went up? And let's just pray together. Lord, I receive you today. I receive your sacrifice. I receive your love. And from this moment forward, going to allow you to be the major influence, the only influence in my life. I receive your forgiveness. How many people can give a shout out to the Lord? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.